Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And finally, we are into the thick of the planting season. It started early this year. Normally, we use Mother's Day as a demarcation line to start the summer gardening planting. But it looks like that's the last frost date. Just so, just you know, May 8 is our traditional Prescott, Arizona last frost date. Um, and this year, it's the last week of April. I mean, we started last weekend, and it just keeps on ramping up. So everyone looks at the forecast. We gardeners, we kind of try to figure out, hmm, we read our farmer's almanac. We look at the 30-day forecast. What's the weatherman going to do? And when do we start to plant our tomatoes? When do we start putting geraniums in? When do we start? And it's all all cued on that last frost. We don't want to plant something so early uh, out into the gardens, and then frost comes, and then nips it or takes the edges off or makes it brown or black on top or just totally vaporizes it down to the ground and it doesn't come back. That's all about the last frost date. Now we've been planting kales and cabbages and broccoli and cauliflower, all these spring things for two months now. But finally we're back in, it looks like we're full into the full planting of of the vegetable garden, the flower gardens, the fruit trees are going in, the, the shade trees are going, the roses are going, just everything is is humming along at this point. And it, I think the way I read it, now my name's Ken, uh, we're just friends, we're neighbors talking over the back fence, and here's what I'm doing in my own gardens. I've committed, uh, once, once my giant pumpkins go in the ground, I'm fully committed. And I don't protect... Those, the squashes, the eggplants, I protect the, the, the peppers and the tomatoes with these uh, plant protectors, these little mini walls of water that you fill up and, and, and it, put them around each individual plant. Well, I don't have enough to do every single plant. And so I've go, gone ahead and I've got a few of those protected, but the rest of them, they're in already and I've, I'm going for it. So if I happen to get a frost, well... That's gardening. We're doing the best we can, and I'll have to replace them if that happens. But I've started. So and I think I think you're safe to do that, too. It looks like it's just beautiful weather. Now, some of you are looking at this going, oh, no, it went from spring to summer in one week. Oh, my gosh, it's so hot. Oh, my God, it's 70, 81 degrees. I'm just melting. Your plants don't think that way. <laughs> they actually like the warmth. They like the ground to be warmed up. That's why you want to wait till the last frost gets done so the ground gets warmer and warmer and warmer. In fact, many times I have not planted my basils or any of that stuff. I put a few herbs in, but the cilantro, I've waited. Now, some of the really sensitive things, I'll wait till the soil actually warms up. Even though it might not frost, I'm going to wait because I want the warm. I'll wait till the end of May, first part of June. To plant some of those because they love the heat of summer. I'm getting quite a few customers coming into the garden center right now going, again, showing me pictures. It's like it's almost like if you want a time machine that slows time down, 
just watch a customer try to find a picture of their garden on their phone. I mean, it takes forever. Oh my gosh. I mean, and had one customer, <laughs> and this one I think is dead. And this one I think is dead. I'm going, you're just showing me twigs of in your yard. Stop doing that. I don't need to see a picture of that. It was it was basically summer plants that hadn't leafed out yet. Just crepe myrtles. It was grapes. Uh, what else was on there? Locusts. Uh, there, there's a certain series of, of summer plants. They have not leafed out yet. And they still, they're still debating, is it warm enough? I really like it to be 90 degrees. I want the nighttime temperatures. I want them to be in the 50s and 60s before I actually leaf out and grow. So if your plants have not quite grown out yet, they haven't leafed, do not be concerned. And whatever you do, do not bring your phone in and show me a picture of your, your twig in your yard. I don't want to see that. It doesn't help me. So it just just got to be patient. I, I know we're out in the yard finally this week. This has been the first nice warm week where we can use the backyard patio. The furniture is out on the pads or on the furniture now. We've uncovered some things so we can actually enjoy the outdoors. This is what we live for as gardeners. Uh, but some of your plants, they need to be, you need to be just, just a little bit more patient with them. What I'm telling folks now is if they haven't leafed out yet, get a bottle of the flower power. I make a liquid fertilizer and mix up a two gallon watering can and just water it in. It's quickly accessible to that tree, shrub, flower, whatever. And then that'll help to stimulate that thing to to want to leaf out. So when it does leaf, it's got larger leaves, more leaves, greener leaves. You'll be able to, you'll stimulate this thing when it does wake up. Really what it comes down to for these summer plants, it comes down to soil temperature. They are not interested while their feet are cold and they're shivering in the ground. They have no interest in leafing out yet. This is really important for those summer things, chase trees and and uh, smoke bush. And there's a whole series of just summer-loving plants, those things that bloom in the summer. Uh, Russian sage, salvias finally leaf, but they aren't blooming yet. Normally, they would be in bloom by now. Mine are close in my front yard, but they're not quite there. That's because it was so cold earlier on. March, first part of April was just, it was cold truly until just a week ago. So it's, it delayed some of those summer-loving, heat-loving plants. are going, I have no interest in this. If it's even remotely chilly, I'm not going to wake up now. I did notice I was trimming back in my backyard. I trimmed back some of my trees. And normally, I would finish my pruning back in January, February. But that snow we had what, three, four weeks ago, it's really heavy snow here in Prescott. It broke a lot of limbs and it did some damage on my chitalpas and my aspens. The chitalpa, which is a crossover of the desert willows, the native variety that grows here, had not leafed out yet. So I got time to cut this thing off. I cut off some big branches that had been broken from that snow. I just didn't get time until then. I got, got it this week. It's okay. It, it was fine. My aspens also, two of them got bent over. And then I took, I took a close look at them. I thought they would bend back up straight, and, and they didn't. So I went, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to live with a deformed tree out my yard. So I, 
I took a chainsaw to it. I cut it off. I cut that limb off to the next branch that was going straight up. I thought, well, that one will take over. It had some leaves on it. My aspens are leafed out, but it's okay. It's better to trim them, even if they've got full foliage, and then to leave it bent and exposed or had bark that was peeling off. Just, just insects could get in there, disease. I think I even saw some things starting to happen. I, I wanted to mitigate that now before I had issues and then it spread to the rest of the clusters. It's a multi-stemmed aspen. That one, one cluster is able to correct with a, with a branch that was growing the right direction. I think it'll be just fine. The other one, I couldn't cut it back to a to a decent limb. I went right back to the ground. I cut it right off. All the, This is a substantial, probably a 12-inch diameter round circumference type of, of stem, branch tree coming up out of this cluster. So I cut that off, and it, it, it just hurt me to do that. But now all that energy, that large root structure, will now go into the remaining three or four clusters. I forget how many are coming up. So now those will just ignite with new growth. What I did is I fertilized them right afterwards with all-purpose plant food, the 744, all-purpose. Um, I, I sprinkled some of that on. I watered it in just so I could activate it right now. So it's available right now to the tree. So I'm going to encourage those trees to grow their way out of that damage that happened last, was that first part of April or something is when that happened. If you've got trees, oaks, you've got native junipers, if you've got the natives or, or, or ornamental types of trees and shrubs that were damaged by that snow, fertilize them, clean them up. If you can keep the shape going, fertilize them. And what we're trying to do is elongate or encourage more growth for a tree. That extra thick ring of new wood this year, it will make it more substantial. It'll correct itself. You can actually grow your way out of many mistakes that you might do in pruning or damage from the environment. Fertilize them, and they'll do better for you. A lot in store for you this show. I've got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Moms are recognized as frontline responders here at Waters Garden Center. We're giving away 50 pink supreme hydrangeas to moms loved enough to be nominated now through May 7th. She will be the first in the neighborhood with this big, bold bloomer. But only if you nominate her through Waters' Facebook and Instagram feeds or our website at watersgardencenter.com. Nominate a neighbor, friend, or family member for a chance to win. Pink Splendor Hydrangea is only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
And we are in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are we seeing on our Instagram, Facebook questions, emails? And we're surrounded this time of year. Just like uh, lots and lots of gardeners out there asking lots and lots of questions. It's kind of exciting. The, uh, the, the gardeners are back at the garden center. Yes, they are. In full force. In full force, yeah. They're they're actually doing victory gardens. Mm-hmm. So number one department as far as just sheer units of things being sold, vegetables and herbs. That right. We include that as a as a as a category here at the garden centers. So we have many, many so we've got perennials and annuals and trees and then shrubs and the vegetables and herbs. We combine that those edibles are number one category. Number two I Did don't you see the numbers? Uh uh-uh. uh. Flowers. Just, just pretty people in the backyard, beautifying. Flowers. Sure, why not? Number one department by uh, just volume, not of gross sales, just dollars, is trees. That's because the average tree is like 100, 200 bucks. <laughs> so it doesn't take very many of them compared to two ninety nine, you know, tomatoes or, or a dollar ninety nine yeah. flower kind of thing. So it's just really interesting. Finally, it's warm. It is warm. Yeah. I think it got overly warm. I'm oh, hot. not me. I love it. This is like, I'm finally, I'm, I, I'd rather sweat than shiver any day. I love sunblock. I love short pants and short shirts. I love hiking shoes and being out there. I like camel packs and, and headlamps for night bike riding and everything about summer. I love summer. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. You like the chill. You'd rather go midwinter in a blizzard baking cookies. Yes, I would. (laughs) I love... So, folks, whenever it rains or snows, any weather event, there's one guaranteed thing that happens at the Lane House. (laughs) Baking. You are the best baker. Oh, I'd marry you all over again just Just for your baking. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My mouth's watering just thinking about it. But, yeah, can't do that in the summer. No. The house is too hot. Yeah. Well, we're we're grilling more. We're out in the patios. I'm I'm reading... Uh, you know, the newspapers out in the front front patios Ooh. in the morning, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. just watching the hummingbirds. Listen to the birds are riotous busy, right now. Busy, busy, busy. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's kind of crazy. So this is about garden questions. Should we we got any good ones this oh. surprise? Surprise the listeners this week. Well, okay. <laughs> don't don't put that kind of pressure on I'm me, just... Ken. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, Bonnie would like to know. She has a spot that she really wants to put a pretty rose into, yeah. but it only gets four to five hours of sun. So her question is, is that enough sunlight for a rose? Will it be happy there? So, no. Darn. Short answer. What are some other choices? I mean, what will happen is they'll grow there for a year, a mm-hmm. season, and it'll bloom because the, the roses we have here at the garden center, they're already in bloom. So all those buds that are on there, they're going to open up. And they're going to be spectacular. And the fragrance is going to fill that part of the yard. It's going to be everything that you envisioned when you when you watched the Pinterest boards and read the <laughs> garden magazines and HGTV. Now, but then after it's done blooming, it'll start to stretch, it'll elongate, and it'll start reaching for that sunlight. And all the, now all of a sudden you've got this flower, this, this shrub mm-hmm. that it looks like it's growing out of place. So right. uh, roses like at least six hours of sun, and the blooms are better if you give it full day, blistering hot, put it by the driveway, take a blow dryer, add it to the heat. It likes that kind of sunlight. Uh, so some better choices for that kind of area. Uh, 
rhododendrons and azaleas and dutzias and spireas. And there's just whole series of plants that love growing in that kind of space that bloom better when you give them less than six hours of sun. So you kind of want to focus. And we got a whole section here of just those kinds of shrubs. So that's one where you you may want to visit the garden center just just and, and peruse them and read some tags and smell the flowers. And I think you'll get better choices that you'll be happier with more than just six weeks from now when it starts to stretch. A rose, not ideal. Six hours plus for a rose. Okay. Now we know. Yeah. Okay. That's a common mistake. Or yeah. a lot of folks will plant a rose next to a tree, and it's been fine for three, four years, and the tree mm-hmm. grows up, starts to shade it, and then it starts to do just that. It stretches. Right. At that point, there's no correcting it. You can't prune your way out of it. You can't fertilize it. It just needs sunlight. The only thing you do can do is either transplant it or mm-hmm. just dig it up and put something that likes shade coming off of a tree now so abelias and just Mm -hmm. hollies there's all these different choices that are so good that you can plant well that's one visit your garden center up your game see what grows local and you'll be happier in the long run okay so tom would like a fast growing tough tree to put in his yard on the west side that will help block that hot sun oh sure summer he wants to know what kind of suggestions you have for him yeah on the west side this is a classic designer way we approach things so on the west side and south of your house we'll try to put shade trees that is deciduous trees they'll lose their foliage in the winter but they have this great shade in the summer so you get the the shade in the summer which you get the solar gain in the winter this is where you really use you can really design things in and cut your your heating bills in the winter cut your cooling bills in the summer it's a great one so for us we've got a classic two-story house mm-hmm. uh, the upstairs the master bedrooms i can do you go downstairs is my office um, just some tv rooms you just and the west side, it's not our primary entrance. Mm-hmm. That's more of the east side. So it's kind of sterile. There's a walk, kind of a uh, a master bath that kind of comes out a little bit. And there's a few windows, not a lot, but it gets hot. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And so there we planted along the, the property line some aspens, birch, things that are because it's a tight. We're up in Eagle Ridge, so it's a little mm-hmm. bit tighter. It's half-acre right. lots. But between the houses, they're, they're long lots. They're not wide. And so you, we, we didn't have a lot of space. So the, to grow tall but not that wide, aspens and birch. But if you had some room, boy, you could grow uh, maples. And there's uh, Bradford pears, ornamental pears. It's a pretty tree, great shade, a fast grower. Uh, sycamores, you could do there. Little, little trashy, my world, but it's not <laughs> fast ideal, growing. But fast growing. Yeah. Doesn't have the fall color. It's <laughs> also got those little balls that kind of hang on that drop yeah. everywhere. But it's it fits what they're describing, mm-hmm. and for a certain property, it's fine for that. So you don't sure. have to clean up and do things. But if you got rock all over the place next to that south, yeah, not ideal. That's one where you come and talk to us, and, and we could give you some ideas. Really, I love the toughness of birch. Really? It just grows fast. It's got that white bark, lacy leaf, and I think they're hardier and longer lived than a than a, than an aspen. an aspen. What you don't want is to grow something, and then it's finally up to size, and then it dies. Nice. So ten years later, it finally just collapses. So, yeah. come take a look at the garden center. We've got even more choices than that, I'm sure. 
Yes, we do. Elm. I was thinking elms myself. Sure. That, yeah, that great would be idea. A good one Ash, mm-hmm. locusts. There's a yeah. lot of choices. Right. Come on down. Check us out. All right. Well, Jan has a problem. She grew some uh, green beans from seed, and she's been putting them inside, outside. She left them outside with the worm. They didn't freeze. But overnight, the leaves turned spotty, and they turned yellow. Oh. What do you think happened? Well, that's weird. And do you think she'll have to start over? Yes, I do. <laughs> so I don't know what that thing is, but there's some leaf spots that can happen. So beans, this is really the, the time for peas. Peas love bright days, cold nights, which are still kind of mm-hmm. chilly at night. They grow like crazy. Usually you're picking your peas by the end of May, first part of June. And then by the time you get done picking the peas, you put your beans because they love the summer. Beans love this kind of heat. Oh, they're finally starting to feel warm. They're kind of like me. So (laughs) you're more like a pea and I'm more like a bean. Okay. If we're talking vegetables. So I love (laughs) the heat crawl up on a rock and just warm up. And you like the chill. Mm -hmm. That's just different people. Plants are the same way. So probably you've got a leaf spot. Mm-hmm. We could probably come in and sell you a spray, revitalize. It would just correct all that. Mm-hmm. And you could really struggle and, and move forward. And maybe it's good for a few of those. But generally at this point, because they're fairly young and the season is so long yet, I would say just replant your beans direct directly in the garden right now. And watch them come up from at that seed. point. From seed, from seed or from plants. Okay. We've got starts. If you don't mm-hmm. want to wait, I can get you jump started by three, four weeks. Oh, yeah. We've got beans right here at the garden center. Great questions this week, folks. Hey, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. do need to give you a, a garden alert. It's, it's kind of alarming. Uh, the, the thrip and the aphids are out thick right now in the gardens, in my own gardens. So I've been out working, planting, just uh, it's out a couple, couple hours this morning. And the thrip are thick. And the way you know what to look for on that, if you're out in your gardens 
and you see leaves that are starting to curl or a flower that, that looks like someone took a big lighter to the end of it. Your roses, rosebuds start to fade or drop off. Uh, your your uh, iris, they bloom and then they're faded in a day. What that is, that's thrip, T-H-R-I-P, thrip. They're also called noceums. So you can barely see this insect. In fact, the only way I can truly tell if I've got thrip, so I, I know how to ID the damage, but if you take your cell phone and you just glass up and you tap on, on, a, on a curled leaf or on a flower, and when you look down at the glass, you'll see some dust. If the dust is jumping around or, or crawling, that's thrip. They're literally very difficult to see. They're rather a scary little insect, but they're just little. They've got a huge mouth part. What they do is they'll pierce each individual cell of the plant. I mean, they, they attack it cell by cell, and then they suck the life out of that cell. So they're inside the flower, and they eat it from the inside out. And so the flower never gets time to develop because it's being, basically it's a cancer. Inside the flower, starts to rot, and then it can never quite open up to show off. Sometimes they will, if it's not too bad. And so the solution to thrip, uh, aphids the same way. Aphids are different in that they attack the very stem, the outer branches. They love the tasty new foliage. And so they'll, they'll, they'll gang up on this tender new uh, rose, long stem rose, or, or, a, or a cut apple, or, or they're just like anything that's new growth. Uh, pine trees, I've seen them on pines this year. Um, they're easy to kill because you can see them easier. They're bigger insects, and they 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 get together in colonies. Well, you can just spray them with an organic spray that works really, really well. It's called Triple Action. Triple Action is put together by Fertilum, and it's a it's a neem oil, neem and just a mild. It's an oil that uh, they spray, and both these insects, if they get oil on their outside skin, it strips off their exoskeleton. They basically just evaporate. They dry out. And they're small enough, and we're dry enough climate, they're small enough insects where they, they dry up oh, within a day. I mean, they just they just vaporize. So it's very, very effective. This is really good if you've got them on your edibles. That would be your, your broccoli, cauliflower, kales. Now with, with triple action, you can spray that up to the day of harvest. You can spray it while it's wet, take it and wash it off, and go and eat it. It's not a poison. It's an organic completely organic spray. Now, if you've got a tree or you've got a more pronounced, I mean, it is a problem. They're taking over. Uh, my pine tree is tall. I can't get to the top of that. can't spray with a trigger sprayer kind of thing. Now you can up your game. And they make a, we make a, a product here. It's called multi-purpose insect spray. Multi-purpose. You put this in a hose-in sprayer and even with house pressure, it mixes the multi-purpose spray with water, and it's able to shoot to the very top of a fruit tree, the very top of a pine tree. It can go up 20, 30 feet tall. Now you can spray this tree or shrub or an entire bank of roses or a whole thing of red-tip photinia, which these things, they're on red-tip photinia. The leaves are curling. When you need to spray something that's large, you want to up it. You want to. It's this is all about quantity, not quality. You want a lot of the, these sprays on this plant, so that you can kill off all the entire colony, the entire bunch. Literally, there's thousands of thrip 
on your plants if it's a large plant. There's hundreds. There can be dozens inside one flower. And so the only way to really tell is you take your cell phone, tap it, and you'll actually see that. For pine trees, if you've not treated your pine trees, especially the really valuable ones, really the long-term solution for a lot of these, we make a product called Plant Protector. It's the easiest of all of them to apply. It's a systemic. You mix it up in a watering can or a five-gallon bucket or something, this, this, this liquid, and then you make your solution and you pour it right at the crown, right there where the trunk meets the soil. You, you, you pour it on there, the plant actually absorbs that underneath the bark and takes it up through the cambium layer, up through the structure uh, of the plant, and then it, it, it eliminates further damage, not just from thrip and aphids, but also from bark beetles, flathead borers, there's a whole bunch of insects out right now that are actually tunneling through the bark and eating the wood underneath. We're seeing a, an uptick of, of, uh, of peaches and the pitted fruits, uh, plums, apricots, where a bubble of sap is starting to come up at the base of the tree up on the trunk. That's, that's a, that's a clear-winged wasp that loves to eat pitted fruits. She's very specialized. It's so very easy to solve that. If you see problems, come talk to us. We're plant experts, but we also know the insect side of things. We can correct things and make them grow their way out of it. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Moms are recognized as frontline responders here at Waters Garden Center. We're giving away 50 pink supreme hydrangeas to moms loved enough to be nominated now through May 7th. She will be the first in the neighborhood with this big, bold bloomer. But only if you nominate her through Waters' Facebook and Instagram feeds or our website at watersgardencenter.com. Nominate a neighbor, friend, or family member for a chance to win. Pink Splendor Hydrangea is only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. This segment... Um, I got to tell you, lady. Yep. It's been busy. We've been working a lot of hours. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it's nice just to decompress with you in a small space called my office studio. <laughs> you relaxed? Because nobody bothers well, us. Well, it's kind of yeah. We go. We're we're gonna record. We're gonna we're gonna we're on the radio. Don't talk to us. We're here. We're not unloading trucks. We're not. It has been a pleasure. I got to tell you. Working with your kids. So our kids, I mean, everyone puts the millennials down. Oh, no. Oh, they're just not, they don't know how to work. They're not very smart. They're just, all they know is technology. I'm going, our kids, they know how to work hard. Yeah. They show up early. They stay late. They do whatever it takes. They're brilliant. So they're just well-educated, well-rounded, well-traveled. 
it's actually fun to work with our kids in the mm-hmm. family business. So we got four of them that work here. Um, so we got Kate and Jeremy. So our oldest daughter and her husband have come from Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost their jobs there. And hopefully this is a fill-in for them. So they mothballed their house, put the extra car in the garage, and can work for us for a little bit, which yeah. is great. It's been fun having them. And then the twins, so Megan and Mackenzie, if, if you get helped by a, a, a millennial out there in the yard, <laughs> and then you come in and you see someone that looks just like them helping you cash register at the register, that's Megan and Mackenzie Lane. They're, mm-hmm. they're both twins, identicals, and so they are hardworking as well. Yeah, it's been fun working with them. You know, and the kids always worked in the business as they were growing up. You know, it's kind yeah. of what you do in a family business. But when you're working with them when they're young, you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's half daycare. But, half, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now it's like they're all grown up. They just take charge of things. They get stuff done. It's a pleasure to watch. It really is. Wouldn't it be fun <laughs> if one of them got the bug to kind of take over the next? <laughs> should I even say that out loud? No, you shouldn't. Oh, my gosh. Don't give folks, if you're listening, don't put pressure on them. Here's if you want to put pressure on folks. So our, our son-in-law, Jeremy Suspedis, he's a Texan, hardcore. Yep. So he um, he's from UT, University of Texas. If you're football, he's big into football, proud Texan. You folks have permission to give him grief. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us are all ASU, U of A, <laughs> NAU from right. different. You know, Matt, your your master's from NAU. NAU. Your undergrad is as ASU. ASU. So, uh, but if you want to give a Texans a hard time, come in and talk to Jeremy. <laughs> he can take it. He would. He's great. He's got a good sense of humor. So he's good. <laughs> anyway, this is all about your segment and gardening, not about giving your kids grief. <laughs> we should share some gardening inspiration pieces. Yeah, think. Okay. <laughs> well, we had a momentous occasion. Yeah, our rose that? truck oh, arrives. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, thousands of roses. Yes. Yeah, so every year it's like become a tradition. Tradition now is your rose truck there. You know, so it's this tradition of it, and it it came and it had lots of roses on it. So is that what we're talking about today? We are talking roses, about roses, rose trees, rose shrubs, rose <clears throat> rose hybrids, rose grandifloras, rose floribundas, <laughs> or carpets. We got all. it all. We yeah. got it all. So lots of beautiful, beautiful roses. And as as you were just kind of saying, they kind of come in different shapes, forms, and, and how you'd want to use them. I'd say probably, or maybe I'm guessing, I would imagine the most popular rose is the tea rose, which most people are used to kind of that single rose with the beautiful big head and it screams, Long I'm a stem. rose. Yeah. yeah, that's when you give away for Valentine's, mm-hmm. Mother's Day. That kind of stuff. Gift things. That's a long stem hybrid mm-hmm. tea rose. Right. Yeah. Right. Second one, probably the Grandiflora. And I don't know, I'm not a I'm not an official horticultural gardener person, but is there that much difference between a Grandiflora and a tea rose? Yeah, it's the same. Well, okay. So a Grandiflora, there's hybrid teas, floribundas, and I had a Rosarian explain this to me out in the field once. He's walking me through, <laughs> showing my roses. He said, Here hybrid a hybrid tea is a long stem rose, like you give as a gift. A floribunda is a long stem rose with a cluster, like a like a fireburst, like a fireworks at the end. So there's many, not one flower. There's a cluster of them. Mm-hmm. And a grandiflora is a blend of the two. It's a bigger rose, and it has both long stem and flower clusters on the same rose. I went, oh, 
Well, that's pretty easy to remember. I can, that sounds good. So you want a bigger rose between the, the property line? Grandiflora. Okay. If you want one by the front door to pick and bring in the house? Hybrid tea. If you just want a nice shrub rose that continually blooms without any care? Florabunda. Okay. Well, that helps. And nope. then, of course, oh. we have our climbers. Yeah, right. And then we have a section kind of called more the carpet roses. So they're a little lower growing, spreading out. So all kinds of roses for any spot in the yard. But I thought I'd hit a few of my favorite roses. Um, I love, and this is an old-fashioned one. It's been around for eons and eons. But the Double Delight, I just think it's such a wonderful-smelling rose and it's kind of that white rose with kind of a kind of a red edge to it um but and it's probably probably your great grandmother had it but it is such a wonderful smelling rose super easy to grow that's for sure <clears throat> and that's a hybrid tea it's a hybrid tea the other one that's really really pretty because i love yellow roses dark yellow golden roses good as gold is a really I mean, almost orange but not orange Beautiful, beautiful color. And Henry Fonda, if you Ooh, like a that's yellow, yeah. that's a super rose. I like Henry Fonda, and I like his rose. I like his acting, and I like his flowers. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. Yeah. If you like a white rose, I think the best rose out there is the Sugar Moon. And that's another one. Big white blossoms and smells so amazing. You like that one better than JFK? I really, do. the smell oh, is the smell. The fragrance so is wonderful. That's true. Much better, so much better. And then the Floribundas, I would say my favorite is the ketchup and mustard. That one's been out a few years, but it's still just it's a. Uh, I was trying to remember if the red's on the outside, so it's a yellow kind of inside, and then it has the redder petals on the outside. So it's a two tone, multi tone. Oh, but it's so pretty. It really. Strike very striking out there in the yard, and my other one that I really love as a floribunda is trumpeter. So trumpeter is like a orangey red, uh, but more red than orange. But it's just really bright, and those floribunda clusters are just very dramatic out there. So that's a great one for a floribunda. <clears throat> so if climber, if you want a climber, because a lot of people. They've got their trellises. They're putting on fences. I think you can't go wrong with a Don Juan. Don Juan is another one that's been out there for eons and eons, but a beautiful red color. does terrific here, too. If I could be any climbing rose, in my, <laughs> if I had to convert, I had to choose one climbing rose, I would be a Don Juan. A Don Juan. Just so I you would, could say the name. I know. I just, <laughs> and I would talk to you sweetly every night. <laughs> I would fill your bedroom up with fragrance oh, that's... Sure. <laughs> and I would be a Spaniard. <laughs> that's true. You should have been a Spaniard. I know. There is a, a newer one out. It's called Tropical Lightning. It's an orange one, but it has oh. uh, like a whitish to creamish color stripe in it. Uh, really cool looking. It's like a sentimental, only within a climbing type rose. Mm -hmm. So, So folks, if you... We, we just had a thousand roses show up at the garden center. We're kind of famous for our roses here at Waters Garden Center. In this part of central mm -hmm. Yavapai County, this part of the central part of the state, people come from all over, Congress and Kingman. And we had someone come up from, from Vegas this, this week mm -hmm. to shop roses. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just we're noted when someone becomes famous for something. And the reason that we're famous is we grow them all so that they will bloom at the same time. So most of them are either showing color in fragrance or they're heavily budded 
So you can come and shop for roses that are just beautiful and you can you can see. You don't have to read a tag. Right. You get to actually see it right <laughs> here. It's wonderful. Even if you don't like roses, it's beautiful just to be inspired by walking through all the mm-hmm. a thousand roses. Oh, definitely. And roses are great in that I mean they I think they do just as well in a big pot they do. as they do in the ground. Yeah. So, you know, for those people who oh, I don't want to dig a hole, but I really want a rose, put it in a beautiful pot. We've got some that are probably that the one at uh, knockout. We've got mm-hmm. carpets. Uh, um, they've Easy probably been in there for, I don't know, 10 years. Just a big <laughs> a pot, like 18, 20 inches. Big old pot. It's been mm-hmm. growing. Blo- consistent bloomer. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right. Well, thank you, Lisa, for the update on roses. And there's, I'm sure, through, looking at all the paperwork, you've got Ooh, <laughs> three dozen more varieties. anything you could want. All right. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. You know, the the news feed I read every morning, newspapers, it's just terrible. I mean, just there's no good news you can actually come out with. So I got my marketing team together and I said, how can we actually help folks uplift our community, make people feel better? And so Mother's Day is coming up. So we came up with, this is crazy, we came up with it like a few days ago. It's launched now. We'll give them away next Thursday. We thought, let's come up with a Mother's Day contest. Not contest. You don't want to, you want moms competing. But we, I've, I've donated 50 hydrangeas. These are brand new pink splendid hydrangeas. They're beautiful. They do grow here. They're repeat bloomers. They're perennials that come back every year. And they've got those huge uh, mop size uh, pink hydrangea heads on there. They're not going to like the sun, but they love the shaded areas in a container, in the ground, wherever. But if you nominate a mom, I didn't want to make this a selfish thing where everyone's going, I want a free, I want something free. I want, let's enter to be free. I'm going to free, free, free. I went, no, I'm not going to promote that. That's selfish. How can I get, so, so you've got to nominate 
someone else's mom. You can be a husband, nominate your wife. You can you can you got to nominate another mother. You can nominate your mother as a friend, a colleague. It doesn't matter. You can multiple people. We're taking nominees over the next few days and then we'll draw 50 of those names out of the hat and then we'll just give away 50 hydrangeas. These are beautiful. They're worth 45 bucks. I mean, they're big. They're not little things. We're talking full on. It's $2,000 worth of hydrangeas we're giving away. Uh, but it's the nominate your mom. I think, uh, and we've kind of put it with a first line responder, but I think we're focused too much on first responders or emergency. I just wanted to say the entire community, how can we make them feel, how can we build community here in the Central Highlands area where Waters Garden Center has an influence. Take a look at that. If that's of interest, if you know a mom, please, I would love to give them a hydrangea. I've got 150 others that will be of different colors here at the Garden Center this next week. Uh, but on Thursday, this coming Thursday, we're going to give away 50 hydrangeas. And then moms can come pick them up and plant them. If you want something for your own mom, I'll have some extras here. That's and they're just they're just starting to crack color. I mean, they're just beautiful. They're so exciting. Anyway, I've got a perfect spot in my own yard. I want one. So the thing with hydrangeas, just before I pass on, I just want to check Instagram, Facebook. If you're on our newsletter, you're part of our garden club. If you're on Twitter, if you're breathing you're going to be notified or just go to watersgardencenter.com. It'll be right there. So it's easy to find if you want it. If you're interested, you can look for it, uh, but look for that. But hydrangeas, you want to stay away from the Midwest and East Coast hydrangeas here in the mountains, up at altitude, up at the higher elevations. The reason being, our winters can go so extreme that it can kill a hydrangea right back to the ground. That's very common, actually. Most hydrangeas bloom on second year wood. That is, if it gets burnt back to the ground, it'll flush out with all new all new uh, stems, all new branches, and then it will never flower because it only blooms on second year wood. What the secret is to have a repeat blooming kind of, of hydrangea. Now it will actually bloom on first year wood. So no matter the elevation, no matter what part of the mountains of Arizona, you come back and it, it gets burned back to the ground, it is guaranteed to bloom next year. That and, quite honestly, pink is a better way to go than blue. Our water is so alkaline, it's difficult to actually keep hydrangeas blue here. You got to make them so acidic and our water just so alkaline, it's like a struggle. But the blue ones want to go to pink. I find it's easier, just get a pink hydrangea and, and it'll do just as well. Unless you're a real gardener and you like to really play with things, play with plants, then it's kind of, it is kind of fun to get them to Try to get them to go blue. How blue can I go? Oh, I want that's beautiful. Oh, wow. It is kind of fun to play with them. Um, but that that's a, a perennial hydrangea. They grow here in the mountains of Arizona in the shaded areas of your garden. I have personal experience with quite a number of them. They're fun to play with. In a container, in the ground, raised beds, wherever, as long as it's shaded. Some other perennials that are just fabulous. I mean, some, one of my favorite perennials, I mean, in, in any gardens, especially if you're interfaced with that wildland interface, uh, javelina and deer and rabbits, one of them is called the Arizona Sunset Gallardia. Uh, Gallardia is a wildflower. It's got a flower the size, about probably four or five inches across, and it's got the flowers the color of an Arizona sunset. It's, it's beautiful. 
I plant them in my backyard because I like to attract birds. And so it's a great seed source. It also is a great spreader. So if you just like wildflowers to spread through your gardens, Gallardia is a great way to go. And if you look real closely at it, it's got blue foliage. It's got a bright orange, yellow flower, and it's got spines or hairs, not spines. It's got hairs up and down the stems, which animals don't like to eat because those hairs get stuck in their throat. Plants are brilliant. It's a defensive mechanism this plant has come up with over the millennia and says, deer and rabbits don't eat me if I do this. If they get these hairs stuck in their throat, they won't eat me. And so they don't eat Gallardia. Same with things that have a great fragrance. So salvias or sages, anytime you hear the word salvia or sage, they're related. So autumn sage or, or salvia gregia is the, is the botanical name. Beautiful little shrub about knee high, has got uh, red, pink, purple, white flowers, really pretty. Hummingbirds just love them. But when you brush your, fo- your hand across that foliage, it smells sagey. Animals don't like to eat those. Hummingbirds do. You like to brush up against them, but the animals don't. Um, same with herbs. Uh, like I love growing uh, lavenders. I grew, planted rosemary this, this week. Rosemary, any kind of herb, plant, animals don't like to, to, to eat. They just don't. You'd think they would. We do, but they don't. It has this heavy scent to it. So animals don't like the color blue, blue foliage, not flowers. The foliage is blue. It's a natural mechanism. The plant has bred into itself going, it's a, it's a texture or, or a flavor it doesn't, that animals don't like. Or, a, or a, a hairiness up and down the stems, they don't like that. Or the sap itself is actually bitter tasting. These are all defenses that animals, that plants have come up to defend themselves against animals. It's just fascinating how smart plants are. It's just crazy. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, fragrance and, and beauty, but animals don't eat. That's, that's like magic. I want more of that in my backyard. These are also salvia, sages. Um, you've got your, what else did I make? Oh, echinaceas. They love hot sun. Oh my gosh. Brilliant, hot, blistering hot sun. One I Instagrammed this week was euphorbia. Rainbow Ascot Euphorbia. It's in a pot, a large pot. And it, this thing went viral. I mean, just people started going, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh, wow. It just sipping a, a, some tea in my backyard went, that's awfully pretty. Click and shot it off. No filters incurred and used. Um, Want to take a look at that? Instagram, Waters Garden Center, AZ. Uh, anyway, we're easy to find. It's, that particular plant is an evergreen perennial. It comes back every year. It stays green. It stays up, uh, upright, vase-shaped, up to about two feet high. So in a container, it looks just two-foot uh, rainbow-colored foliage with this funky Dr. Seuss uh, flower to it. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And it loves growing in the sun. This is on a patio in the direct sun, out on, uh, growing in a big pot. I've got plenty of soil. There's lots and lots of plants you can plant like that. In the, in the shade areas, uh, I love using hookra or coral bells is what your grandparents called them. But hookra is how you read on them, read up on them in the garden magazines. Um, loves the shade areas. Evergreen. Beautiful little bell-shaped flower to it. A foxglove. We had a beautiful crop of foxgloves. This is a very large perennial. 
It gets, oh, two feet across and three, four feet high. Beautiful bell-shaped flowers. I mean, they would go great in a container on a patio that's shaded or by the front door. There's lots of ways to dress up uh, shaded. I mean, Dutzia, uh, Vincas. There's a whole series. We have a whole section of nothing. I mean, table upon table of just shaded perennials you can plant now that are in bloom. And then even more tables, because there's more sun areas, let's face it, than there are shade areas in the mountains of Arizona. We have way more shade-loving perennials, those things that come back every year, than, than shade. But anyway, that's enough. That's as much I can put into that in this segment. Be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Don't forget to nominate a mother. This is the only announcement you're going to get on the Airwaves podcast. Uh, this is, a, you'll see it through our social media outlets. Uh, we've got like, I don't know, 12,000 people on our Garden Club newsletter. So you'll get notifications that way. But look for it and nominate someone that's special to you. They have to live here because they got to come to the Garden Center, Waters Garden Center here in Prescott to pick it up. But if they can come in, drive in from anywhere here, nominate them. And we'll draw 50 moms to give away a large, beautiful pink splendor hydrangea on Thursday. We'll be picking those and calling folks over the next couple of days. Anyway, look at that. I'm sure Waters Garden Center, it's right there up front. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you're looking for it, you can find it. Something else, kind of an update of what's going on in the marketplace uh, this whole viral economic thing that's happening has really screwed things up. I mean, from food production to meat production to all agribusiness is really being disrupted. And it's rippling through all areas from the breeder level. And I deal with breeders. They develop new plants to growers. They take those plugs and start to finish them up. And all the retail, that's where I'm at. That's the kind of the chain that happens. As anyone gets sick in a plant or a back dock, loading dock, or truckers, it just ripples through and it delays everything from plugging new plants. Plug, we're out of tomatoes. Plug new ones. They'll be ready in six weeks. It's typically the crop rotation if you get the right size plug. Well, it's six weeks delayed, and if, if half of your crew, the, for the, the first you know shift, 
got sick, they've quarantined them, then they have the second shift, takes it over. Now you're running at 50% production. It's really putting delays into things. So if you're going to your garden centers, I keep kidding people going, I want six packs of beans or squash or I want a four-inch San Juan, early, whatever. Um, There's no choices. There's far less choices this year. It's not what you're used to seeing. So trust me, at any level, from box to retail to grower, we're all seeing the same thing. And so, and all the while, volume or demand is, has doubled. Literally, I've doubled in, in size this last month because of vegetables, uh, the fruit trees, the figs, pomegranates, anything edible is going crazy. Herbs, I cannot keep, I can't, I can't find basil. I finally got it this week. Dill, I can't find it. Finally got some, ran out of strawberries this week. So like, and I got as many as I could get. It's not like I'm ordering short. I'm going all in, and I'm buying entire tables from, from from growers. So if you don't, if if you see it at your garden center, I know this is broadcast all over northern Arizona. If whatever your garden center is, if you see them, there, just grab it. Don't. I mean, if you're not even sure, just put it on your cart so it's yours for now. You can change your mind, put one back later, but just commit and, and grab it so it's there for you. Um, and I would say we're even seeing this shortage in, in flowers, perennials. I cannot keep enough perennials in stock, uh, shrubs. I've never seen a shortage of just landscape shrubs. We are now bringing plants in from, uh, West Texas, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, uh, Oregon, Northern California. We're just, we're expanding to be able to keep up with the volume and this is when you start calling off all your favors in with your friends going, hey, Joe, uh, you got any more of those pine trees? I need some tall spruce. Can, can, you, can you go dig, dig those for me? I need them. And so you start making personal phone calls and those relationships play out for you uh, personally as a small, small business to small business. Anyway, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week. And we love talking gardening with friends, especially that listen to the show. Moms are recognized as frontline responders here at Waters Garden Center. We're giving away 50 pink supreme hydrangeas to moms loved enough to be nominated now through May 7th. She will be the first in the neighborhood with this big, bold bloomer. But only if you nominate her through Waters' Facebook and Instagram feeds or our website at watersgardencenter.com. Nominate a neighbor, friend, or family member for a chance to win. Pink Splendor Hydrangea is only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.